I should probably put a couple of disclaimers out there. One is, I never let the truth get in the way of a good story. And I'm certainly not going to allow anyone else to do so. Probably not a misfix-it, but I do play one on TV. I only want to hear the good stuff, right? Yeah, for sure. I only want to hear the good stuff. Welcome to the Backstory Perspective. We're going to sit down and listen to a few stories. I appreciate you taking the time to come and chat with me today. So, here's another warning. This episode is just Coco and I. We talk about life, death, and a triple axel that could have gone better. We also get a little glimpse into what it's like to travel with Coco, which is going to become a recurring theme. We hope you enjoy this time with us. I've had hip surgery. I have like pins Ooh. and like my hip is sewn together. I have like pins and shit holding my hip together. Do you have one of those special cards to get you through airport security? I am the fucking special <laughs> card. Are you kidding me? No, like. My- I know. Yeah, 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 yeah. So my triple axle that I failed to land. Right. Ended me up with a couple of pins and anchors in my hip. And so I had a complete reconstruction versus a replacement. Okay. So what I was familiar with was the replacement surgery. Like bionic people, they walk around all the time. No big deal. What I did not anticipate was that I was not allowed to walk for three months Mm. because I could put Mm -hmm. no weight on my hip. Now, if you have replacement parts... They're totally fine with you getting up like that day and walking around. Yeah. And it's, a, it's a common thing. It's a common thing. I'd yeah. seen it in nursing school. So like, and they're not kind about it. Like they're literally with a hammer, like standing on a table, like pounding it in. It's pretty wild to watch, which is why I didn't go into ortho. But yeah, yeah it's, it's crazy. If you, okay, I think, you know, I'm a little bit twisted. Um, I'm learning. Uh, I I have I have uh, sought out pictures and video and things of various types of surgeries. David loves this shit. Yeah. Um, I cannot yeah. watch it. It and it's amazing to me how like yeah like they're they're not precious about it at all. Like it's no. it's just bending and twisting and pushing and pulling and, and, and then hammering. It, yeah. And then there's they, a lot more hammering involved in surgery than anybody knows. <laughs> yeah. And like literally holding back the skin, like mm-hmm. taut. Yeah. And then they're trying to like measure your legs. So they have to hammer it in till your legs are even. Yep. And hope that they don't go too far. And now that one's too short. Yeah. Like it's a thing. So, I think in 2018, I had a complete reconstruction. 
And if you look at the photos, it looks like the most tidy sewing job that you've ever seen. And it looks a little bit like a design. And I think that my doctor was like trying to just give me a little something give extra. Give you a little something. Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> That's awesome. I, I really believe that. And it took about a year for them to understand how much pain I was in. So for about a year, I walked around on this hip and what I had was a lot of things going wrong. Like, so I had rotated it and I had torn all the cartilage. I had some debridement. All of you medical people are going to know what that means. But for the other people, that means I have a bunch of shattered bone around my joint. Yeah. So, and then I had an impingement, which means that I had pushed my hip way too close into the socket so I had all of these things going on so weird and and again all from a triple axle really now I want to see videos of your surgery yeah (laughs) yes because that's a lot going on that's a lot going on for one hip and for not having like some sort of truly disastrous like incident like I wasn't in a car accident I wasn't in something that was super impactful okay so here's the story just a triple axle just a triple axle so here's what really happened I had come back from Texas and was trying to be a more available parent and so I took a position at a job that I did not have to answer my phone on my off hours like once I was off, I was off. And that meant bartending at a hotel. I'd stayed at this hotel yes. for about a month previous due to being put up there for my work, my previous life's work and in sustainability and stuff like that. So I was I had been staying there for a month. And so when I came back to Indianapolis, I was like, I can bartend. I've had a bartender's license. My mom's had a catering company for over 20 years and I can bartend. Yeah. At a hotel. It's a no-brainer. Yeah. Of course I can. Yeah. And so... I bet hotel bartender's a really interesting gig. It's a super interesting gig. It's a super interesting gig. And... It's like, the drinks are easy, but the people are... Well, and wow. I was that person. Like, I was the person that was sitting at the bar, having dinner, establishing relationships, and now all of a sudden I'm behind the bar. Yeah. And so this is a different perspective for me as a person. But I thought, well, I know what I wanted when I used to travel all the time. And so I'll just implement that. Like, it can't be that hard, right? Right. (laughs) Certainly can't be that difficult. So that was the plan I went on. And apparently I knew enough about alcohol to get hired by the 23-year-old who was a sommelier. Thank you to that person. You know who you are. All right. Um, so he was a wine connoisseur and he right. was very, very knowledged. He was? Okay, that's good. Extremely knowledged. At 23. At 23. Yeah. And I may or may not have passed all the tests, but let me tell you, I've tried it. I, I've tried the wines. I've tried the tequilas and the bourbons and the all, other stuff. And I stick to my flavored water. Right. For a reason. 
because nobody wants to see that person that comes out, uh, including myself. Yeah. So I've been bartending. I started on September 1st and I was getting ready to take a big trip. I was going to take a big trip for my 40th. And we were going to go to Mexico. We were going to go for three weeks for the loud party of 26. And I was offered the job. I called them and I told them. And it's for a large company, a very, very large company. Yeah, so it took me six weeks to get hired. So I've been working in this establishment since September. So I missed my 40th birthday because I called them and I said, I'm getting ready to go on this big trip. And... If you're not going to hire me, I'm going on this trip. But don't call me while I'm on my trip. It's three <laughs> weeks. <laughs> and the general mm. manager calls and says, oh, yeah, like, you've been approved, but we don't have, like, a hiring class going through. And I was like, yeah, if I'm not working, I'm definitely not staying here. Like, I have this badass trip planned. All my people are going. Yeah. They called me back the next day and they said, we're going to do a, a training course for you and two other people. Okay. And I'm like, yes, because I know it's going to be expedited. Yeah. And I don't have to sit around a bunch of other people, which yeah. is a big deal for me. So got the job and I'm trained. I'm on the floor. I'm bartending and pretty sure that it was like a final four or March Madness or something like that. And it was very busy. And yeah. I went in the back and I came back out and I was carrying a fucking case of Miller Lite bottles. And I'm going to go ahead and give a plug out to Miller Lite because I fucking love my flavored water. Yes. And you don't have to pay me, but you really should. Yeah. Because I have a lot of Miller Lite stories. So, and they're good. So I'm carrying a case of Miller Lite. I'm coming around the corner and. I can tell that I'm falling and I hit some water that somebody had spilled in between the time of me going back into the cooler and coming back out. And all I could think of because I'm 40 now. Right. Just newly 40. Just newly 40. Yeah. I'm like, I cannot have one of these bottles go into my face because I cannot afford fucking plastic surgery. <laughs> right. So in my infinite wisdom, I contort my body into a pretzel <laughs> and I am rotating at a generous speed <laughs> through the water. I'm okay. going to hang on to the beer so that it does not impale my face and I take the entire impact on my right hip. At a generous rotation. Yeah. I, again, the rotation is the key Yeah, because that's, that's what'll do all those things. Yes. It'll, it'll push it in. It'll scrape pieces off. that will all yes. just be hanging out there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So at a very generous rotation, I have now taken this impact on my right hip. Now, I only broke one bottle of beer, so I had my priorities in place. Absolutely. And it it took me a year to figure it out and, and a lot, a lot of doctor's appointments and a lot of MRIs and a lot more doctor's appointments and physical therapy 
I was in physical therapy for almost three and a half years. Wow. And you've seen me like try to get up and walk around. I have a little bit of trouble. It's, it's a little painful. Yeah. Now, if I told somebody that story and didn't start it with the triple axle. Right. Then it, it all starts to make sense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how on the planet Earth, and here's what I've come up with. After 40, you are not able to pretzel no. and land. No. At 39, no problem. <laughs> I would have had a problem at 39 as well. But that's, I mean, that's me. Well, I, I was... I'll cut that part out. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. So, yeah, that's the story. And then my recovery, I thought that I was just going to be able to get up and walk around. Like, I wasn't even so scared. Like, I was too, I was still too dumb to be scared. Like, I've had a couple of surgeries. I probably was scared out of my mind. I don't know. You can ask David, and he'd probably tell you, like, she was losing her mind. Um, (laughs) Because that's probably closer. Um, But it was such a mind fuck to not be able to get a bottle of water for myself, to not be able to, like, make a bowl of soup and carry it because I couldn't carry a bowl of soup. So I hired somebody for when David wasn't here to come and do things around the house so that David wasn't fully impacted by me not participating. Now, should we ask him the other side of this story and perspective? He would say she never cleaned the house anyway, so I don't know (laughs) why now is when she wanted to start. But I'm thankful. Right. So Because you couldn't. Yes. Because, because now I couldn't. Because now I can't. Yes. Therefore, it needs to be done. Yes. Yeah. And as long as I don't have to do it <laughs> was really where <laughs> that, like, came into play. So I hired this person to, like, take care of me. And, like, I, I mean, seriously, plant my garden. Just the things I thought were super important while I couldn't walk. So I took a couple of college courses and I got a, I got some certificates. We've talked about my um, affinity for some certificates. Yeah. So I, I got some certificates, uh, one of them being from Princeton. And it was in something like utopian um, business you know like models like it wasn't called utopian though <laughs> that's, but that's what i'm gonna call it uh, utopian business models yeah that's, like um <laughs> that's what we're gonna refer to it as all right so and it was from a very well established university and we're gonna call it utopian business models yeah <laughs> and I had no idea what a challenge it was going to be mentally because I didn't have some sort of tragedy to get over. Like, I literally pretzeled myself on some right. water at a yeah. hotel carrying some beer. Yeah. Like, there was, there was... There was no trauma around it. Yeah. It just fell. You just, you just fell down and, and now you're, you're broke. <laughs> now I'm broke. <laughs> now, same place, 
fast forward like two years because now I've been in therapy and I have to stay because I can't really leave and there's some litigation tied around it. So now I'm trapped. I feel trapped. Right. Because nobody else that I... <laughs> Do you need to get that? I don't know. All right. <laughs> it's my phone. Here, let, let's, let's pause for a second here. Okay. So... Now, I can't walk. Right. That's a surprise. I did not anticipate that being a result of my triple axle failure to land. Right. That, my friend, is why I had so many fucking MRIs and figured out that, oh, they're not so bad. Yeah. It's also how David figured out that I have a very high tolerance for pain medication. Oh, all right. So I can never be successful at abusing drugs. Well, that's nice. Yeah. I apparently um, (laughs) have, uh, and I I don't, I don't remember exactly what the medication was, um, but there was, there was a pain medication that I was given, I believe after. I had my wisdom teeth out, which, you know, most people do when they're like younger. Right. Yeah. Um, I was, a, I was a, a full grown adult. I was maybe even in my thirties, like that old, um, the, one of the side effects of the pain medication that I was given was that it basically turned me into a big asshole. Like I was, I was in such a foul mood, like not in pain, but just in such a foul mood on these, on these painkillers that Emily and Xavier went and stayed with my parents. They just left you. They just left. They're like, we're done. (laughs) They're like, we're going to go. We've had enough. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I have had, I have had three surgeries ever. Okay. They all have been within the last 10 to 15 years. Okay. Um, they have all had complications. So <laughs> I can relate to the surgery complications. <laughs> and I don't want to minimize your surgery complications. No, no, not at all. Ever. Or anyone's for that matter. But when your body doesn't recognize its own... As working operational f- important parts, and it's like, yeah, I can. <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> we have to have a, a segment. Actually, we, we should probably just have that playing, and then do our voicemails. Okay, and we're going to censor out your phone number. That's we don't nice. we don't want people calling your <laughs> phone. Um so just since we dropped into that, let's go ahead and pull up a voicemail. Okay. We're just going to go ahead and do it this way. We can do it a different way later. You're just going to play it to the mic. I'm just going to play it to the mic. That's perfect. 
because... We don't need to get fancy. <laughs> no. This is an actual voicemail. And for a second, because we've discussed that I listen to white noise, and my white noise happens to be 911 dispatch. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So this was a voicemail. Go ahead. 911, what's your emergency? Uh, yes. Uh, my grandpa was choked on a butterscotch. Oh, well, not you again. Yeah, my good Lord, hasn't your family had enough drama? Shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> so, 911, what's your emergency? Yeah. Um, we have a lot of 911 stories in this house. I'm sure you do. That's how David and I met. Okay. So I initially taught one of his classes. I think we've discussed this a, earlier. A little bit, yeah. So that, I. That actually reminds me of something else that I'm going to say offline because it, because it, it does not, it's not about me personally. Yeah. I just want to get your take on it. So. Okay. Just remind me. Uh, Let's e- do it now because I'm not going to forget this. This is our fucking introduction. Okay. So I really appreciate you sharing that story with me. Offline, online, whatever. I live this life of falling up. Yeah, we've talked about that before. Again, (laughs) you know, ride with Coco, everything's going to be fine. Everything's going to be fine. And if it seems like it might not be, then you need to change your perspective. And and that that is really how I feel. And I know that I'm going to be okay. And even if that means at the end of the day, I die, this is the only life that I've lived. And I'm going to do it my way. Like Frank. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, like Frank, which, yeah, let's talk about Frank. Um, Yeah, you know, and it's interesting. I don't want to get I don't want to get too heavy, but but like sometimes life's heavy. Yeah, but people. um you know, people have this, this fear and this thing about death. And it, I mean, it's, it's just a thing that happens. It's a part of life. It's, it's inevitable. It's, it's the evolution of lives. Yeah. I it's mean, important. You know, it's an important piece. It is. And the thing is, that's kind of in my own mental and emotional journey of the last few years, you know, that's part of what I've been trying to work toward is to live life while you're living it <laughs> you know and, and that's and it, it, that it sounds, sounds super simple yeah sounds but, super simple but so many people are concerned with things that aren't that important or with the next step you know or or whatever it is they they're they're distracted from 
right now. And that's actually, that's actually one of the things that, uh, that drew me to this project when we were talking is, is this idea that, that like, um, that your life (laughs) <laughs> your life is your life, you yeah. know, and, and like other people are always deciding what history is. Yeah. But, but the real human experience is the stuff that we're doing all, yeah. all day, every day, you know, and, and those are the stories that aren't being told. Those, those, those are, are the best stories. Right. They're the best stories because... It matters. Yeah. I mean, like history as people read it and as people are taught it is is all subjective. It's all subjective, but it's also all it's it's all about governments and corporations and 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 the things that uh, not to get. Oh, we're going deep on this motherfucker. So <laughs> dive on in. They're, they're the things that matter to the ruling and owning class. And the fact of the matter is most of us aren't the ruling and owning class, you know, and most of what real life is doesn't get told to the next generation, you know, and and we have this this weird picturesque idealized version of, of history um, that is full of problems, you know, because, because it was (laughs) written by straight white men. And, and I think this is, we talked about this in the Airbnb, you know, yeah, (laughs) we, we did that. Like my chagrin for, how history is related and relayed. Yeah. And it, and it's 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 also interesting because I know that um you know that it's it's already started and and we have plans to um talk to a lot of veterans yeah. specifically World War II veterans while they're still around and 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 that's that is part of the story that is already told it is but i think personalizing it is important um and i and i also think that you know um that we're going to get a lot of untold stories as well and i and i think we have a lot of plans to to talk to a lot of different people there's a the- lot of different pieces. While those particular veterans are important and their stories are important. And we the, need to get them. We have to get them quickly. Rather than because later. Right. Time yeah. is of time is of the essence. Time is of the essence. Yes. But there's this big piece of of me that I know that I have some while maybe not inspirational, pretty sensational stories that it will all be okay. Yeah. And to embrace 
the uncomfortable and to get good with the uncomfortable. And I know that you had the opportunity to have Dominique as a captive audience, which is my daughter. And you were able to hear that I made her uncomfortable her entire life. Yeah. Over and over and over again. Yeah. So that she never had to be uncomfortable as an adult. Yeah. And that's a really weird. Yeah. I actually kind of wish we had recorded our conversation about Paris. Yeah. I hope we can recreate it sometime. I'm sure we can. Because, yeah. Because I I tried to relay that story to someone and I did not do it justice at all. (laughs) Um. Yeah, I'd like to get that one. Yeah, we and she and I have some really good pieces. But what I realized was missing was the middle ground, the average, the not told by the corporation, not told by the government, but just this. And it's not feel good. It's how do we get through it together? Yeah. And I'm not for everybody. We've established that. Not everybody's going to like this. I don't care. Right. I care that you are seeking out something that brings you joy, comfort, mm-hmm. stability. It can't, you know, no, it's not for everybody. It It can't be for everybody. It can't be for anybody yeah but you if you're if you're going to really create it and give it your all if you're if you're trying to create something out of nothing for some audience or or some gain of some way like that's that's not the way to to make something real and valuable I don't think you would be here if you had an inclination that that was the objective. Um, and, and that being said, be- I, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> seriously, do I want to be able to be successful at telling these stories? I just want the stories to get out. Right. I really, really want people's stories to be told in a conversational manner, not I'm trying to push anything upon you, not I know better, right? not it's just a perspective. And not not some scripted, you know, uh, pre-planned interview thing. No, it's not going to work. Yeah. But as soon as I had the conversation with you and it and I've not relayed this story to anybody about our entire conversation and how I brought you on board. Yeah, was, that was a trip. <laughs> <laughs> so Yeah, I I I believe I texted Jay like right after that and I was like, dude, what <laughs> did you get me into (laughs) because our last five minutes were you're gonna do this with me yeah yeah i mean 
but I was on board like, and it's so weird because again, I think, I think I told you, I, I don't think it's been recorded anywhere. So I'll say it in case this goes someplace, but, um, it's going places. Yeah. So hang on. Uh, but, uh, when I, when I saw Jay, uh, a few weeks before that, um, he said he had a friend who does a podcast who was looking for an editor. Which is not me. It's not you. Which is not me. And then the day we talked, he texted me and he said, I think I have a gig for you. I was like, what's the gig? <laughs> and I, will, I don't think I'll ever forget. He said, homegirls podcast. That that was that was his that was his response, homegirls podcast. So I thought he was talking about the thing he told me about uh, when we saw each other, right? So you know, I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm in. You know, what's up? And he's like, I'm gonna put you in touch with with Courtney. You know, and I'm like, cool, yeah, give her my number. That's that's fine. I'm thinking somebody's gonna call me who has an established podcast that they need, that they're recording themselves already. Yes. That, that has episodes that are live, that's up, that's running. And they just want somebody who can, who can do the edits quicker and better than they can. Which is still not me. (laughs) (laughs) And then we get on the phone and we talk for an hour, which I, I can't, I don't know if I'd ever had an hour long phone conversation. I mean, maybe I had a lot of convincing to do. Maybe when when Emily and I were dating and living separately for that summer, like we probably talked on the phone for a while, but I don't know. That was back in the landline days, so you didn't Which have Which I still have a landline, so, so it's you, fine. You didn't have a uh, like a a little timer telling you how long you know so I don't know how long we talked but um but yeah I mean by the end of that hour-long conversation I was like man I think I am going to be on a podcast that I am co-producing recording and editing editing. (laughs) (laughs) don't forget all your fucking jobs like and we're starting from the ground up Yes. And, and it's funny because um, I I mentioned my buddy Damo who did the movie and we play music together and we actually, we have a podcast that, that we have failed to launch. Okay. Um, we've recorded a couple episodes. We wanted to rework the format and things like that. And life gets in the way. He's had another kid since then and, you know, stuff. Yeah, life happens. So being on a podcast that I'm producing and recording and editing (laughs) is not a new idea to me. This is just not the way I thought it was going to (laughs) happen. And of course, I am pushing this like super hard. Like it's my fucking job. and, And I need that. I, because otherwise it would, it would, you know, go the way of the dodo and it would be one of those ideas that I had that, I mean, we talked about that, that, like you have the idea and if you don't act on it, it just doesn't happen. Yeah. So act on it. (laughs) 
So do something about it. So do something about it. And that's, you know, that's what we're doing. So, so, and I'm into that, you know, and, and, and hopefully this will, you know, prompt that, that other project to get more off the ground, you know, cause, cause that's something that I'm really into and I really want to do. So hopefully I can, you know, this, this will inspire me to make it happen. So during all of this, I'm ordering equipment. Right. Yeah. (laughs) And that was the other thing that I couldn't believe. I was like, I was like, okay, it's because when we talked and I was like, okay, there's, you know, a couple ways you can go and blah, blah, blah. You know, let's talk about this. Let's talk about that. I, I talked to Jay a little bit in there too, to see exactly where you were and, and how this all came about and how I got involved and <laughs> like, how did my name come out of your mouth? Um, <laughs> and so, so we're talking about all this stuff and I'm, I'm really thinking that, that like, honestly, <laughs> Go with I, it. It's not yeah, going to hurt my feelings. Honestly, I just need it all out there. I was I was thinking that I was going to come to a to a first session with all my gear and my microphones and everything. We were going to record an episode and then it wasn't going to go anywhere. That's what I thought was going to happen. Okay. <laughs> That's different. Until you emailed me like that you had purchased equipment and I was like, okay, she's serious. This I'm is serious. This is, this is really happening. This is a thing, you yeah. know? And, and that wasn't, again, we didn't know each other. We, we had, did not. we had one phone conversation. We had one phone call so, so that was over an hour. Yeah. I mean, it was a long ass phone conversation outside but, a car wash. Yeah. So it wasn't, that wasn't about you. Um, yeah, you were outside a car wash. I was actually, um, supposed to be doing audiobook work right at that time um but uh, it bamboozled you with my fucking story is what happened no actually they um uh there was there was an issue with the the talent didn't get the bit recorded for for me to work on so like i was supposed to have work to do that through no fault of my own, oh. I didn't have to do. <laughs> right. And so that's why I was able to talk to you for an hour. <laughs> it never crossed my mind. Like, I didn't have a pitch ready. Right. I literally had this idea, and I thought, I'm going to act upon it. What I knew for sure was that I was going to move forward with my idea, whatever it took. And there's a lot of other things that I could be doing. I I don't know what they consist of, but there's a lot of other things that I can get myself into. I I mean, and we will tell this shit that I've gotten myself into over the years. And I'm sorry to my parents. I'm sorry to my daughter. Um, I think your daughter can take it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, having having spent a weekend with your daughter. I mean, I know I don't know her well. Right. But how you got roped into this was literally the last five minutes of the conversation is that I told you I was deaf. 
and that, that I would be going deaf and fully. So yeah. that played into oh, absolutely how you got roped into this because I didn't want to. I didn't want to edit something <laughs> that was recorded by a deaf person. <laughs> I, I, mean, I mean, no joke. I don't. I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to be rude. Like no, that's, you know. But but there was there was something to that that you know, I I was like, because I really did like I wasn't I wasn't just blowing smoke. I really did like, I I think, with, especially with this kind of equipment, I think I think there's there's a certain a bit of there's a certain bit of of foolproofness. Yeah, dumb to, it down. To you know, getting, for to whatever the, the to getting sheet. the recording down. Um, again, in this context with this equipment, I think you can you know pretty much get something that I can work with. Is what I was telling you. Yeah. In that in that first conversation, but then you said you know you're like I don't trust my ears. They don't work. Like, yeah, I, I literally mean, cannot hear out of one of my ears, so I don't know if all of the sound is there, and I also don't know the direction of the sound. Right. So that's a pretty wild concept for a lot of people who are in I the can, hearing world. Yeah, I, I, I can't imagine. I mean, you know, I live with my ears. Yeah. And so I, I think there was I a started certain, pulling on your heartstrings when I was like, yeah, and that's hard, I'm not going to do it. That's hard to do because as I've said, <laughs> I don't like people. I don't care. <laughs> like, I don't know this woman. What do I, what do I care? But, but no, there was something about. Um, I gave you an out. I said, if you're not going to do it, can you direct me to somebody who would? Because yeah. it's such an important piece. Like, I don't want to put out a half-assed product. Yeah. Product. Yeah. But I also really want to give the people who deserve it. Hang on for a second. All right. Yeah. So the last five minutes of our phone call, I'm telling you that I can't hear and I'm pleading to your heartstrings. But what was also really important to me, and we touched on it, but we both have this big, open heart and acceptance for all. And that was something that was able to be established right. during that hour-long conversation. So Yeah, the idea, the idea that... Um that we and and we talked about this in the Airbnb, um, but the idea that we want to tell the stories of the people whose stories aren't being told, yeah, or better yet, we want them to tell their stories. I want them to tell their stories, yeah, and I want them to be supported and heard. That doesn't mean that everybody has to listen to it, it doesn't. But what it does mean is that I'm telling them that I acknowledge you, that I acknowledge your story, and it doesn't have to have anything to do with me. Yeah. Okay. So, um, uh, a little uh, segment that we'd like to do on the show. Um, we're going to start with you, Coco. Uh, this is 
the last call. So. What is the last call? The last call is uh, that one drink, that one thing that you just, you just can't drink anymore. Can't stand it. You can't stand it. You can't do it. What's your last call? Well, milk for sure, because I have an allergy. (laughs) So I'm going to go with please no milk. And for those of you that thought this was going in a different direction, it is. So (laughs) my last call. Oh, man, lady, cat, dog. Here we go. So recently you heard from my friend Megan. And we grew up in this little teeny tiny area of an extremely small town. Megan, who totally copped out, by the way. She's like, oh, I'm allergic to gin. I'm allergic to gin. I think there's got to be something else. There's got to be another story. But there probably is, but we'll get there eventually. She's sticking with the gin story, which allergies run our life. So that's going to come first, which is why I answered with milk. So that just goes to show you that I answered with milk first because of my allergy. So Megan answered first with milk. During this same time of my life, very similar, young, I was invited to go to California with one of my closest friends. And we may or not, may or may not have been in high school during this time. Maybe we were in college. But I went out, and by the way, my claim to fame in this whole situation is is we never want the truth to get in the way of a good story. Right. So this is the backstory perspective of my last call. All right. I go out to California. I am loving California. I fit right in with just the chill vibes of the ocean and it's just a different environment. Well, one day we go down to Tijuana. We weren't far. We were not staying far from Tijuana. So we drove down from Orange County down into Tijuana. And down in Tijuana, this must have been the early 90s, just to give you an idea. Okay. I go down to Mexico with my friend and her family. So it's her mother, her stepfather, her, myself, and then her younger sister and brother. It's the early 90s. Mm-hmm. I'm down there with a three-year-old and a five-year-old and the parents. Yeah, it's the time of grunge. It's the time of grunge. <laughs> and down in Tijuana, Mexico. And it's a little different back then than it is now. Yeah. It's a little bit of a different town. Yeah. Somehow, my friend and I split off and from her parents and her two younger siblings and we're going to we're going to do some shopping. Pretty sure this is my idea. I'm totally taking the blame. 
We go into a restaurant. I love food. I do food dances. I see people taking shots of tequila, like tipped back on a chair. All right. Yeah. (laughs) That's where this is going. So many people have bad tequila stories. Well. Let's do it, though. I, I, I got home. I'll go ahead and say that. Back to Indiana. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So I see what appears to be like a lot of fun. And with the shot of tequila, they also give you a beer. So this is a two for one. Hell yeah. I'm in. Yeah. I'm a thousand percent in. So about five or six hours later, we are doing our shopping, my friend and I, and we've been to many different shopping experiences and many different places. And it's, it's south of San Diego. It's south of LA. I mean, we're in Orange County and it's pretty warm. Right. So when you continue to drop down a little bit and you go into Mexico, it gets a little warmer. Yeah. So now the heat's starting. And I may not have been as practiced as I am now. I'm just going to say that. So we meet up with the parents and the two young children. And at that point, we have to get back across the border. We've walked across the border. So we've parked our car on the U.S. side and gone into Tijuana walking. And now we need to get back to the car. And that is the day that I learned baños. Like, that is bathroom. Yeah. yeah. Yes. That is that is bathroom in Spanish. So we are walking back. And by walking, I mean, I'm in the radio flyer and they're pulling me. The radio flyer that they brought for their three and five-year-old respective children. Right. Across the border back into the United States from Mexico to say that her parents were upset with me might be putting it mildly to say that they were disappointed might be putting it mildly. However, this is my last call. So I get across the border somehow. I do remember talking to the border patrol Still, to this day, it's not something that you forget. And going across the border from Mexico into the United States in a radio flyer wagon with my friend's parents. And then we got into... It's not done. All right. It's, we're not done. Back then, you could write in the box. I'm, I'm just, I'm just like, I'm thinking about all of the, like, border patrol and international things that I have heard from you. <laughs> Whether it be I forgot my passport or 
you know, I got uh, rolled across the border in a radio flyer. Like, it's, it's just amazing. <laughs> well, Megan's already verified this story about going into a different country without right. my passport. Right. Megan's already right. verified that one. Okay. I, damn, girl. <laughs> no. So um, have you really not? Ha- I'm sorry. To, I got to bring it back to the last call. Have you really not had tequila since the early 90s? I did about two years ago when I was okay. creating like a tasting experience. And tequilas and mezcal and the agave plant and how it's harvested and mm-hmm. the way that it's grown has yeah. really kind of taken hold of different communities and exposure. Yeah. So recently I created a tequila tasting experience. And so I have had it since, but right. when I say minimally, I mean, super minimally. So I get back across the border on the radio flyer and my friend and I are in the back, like in the way back. We're in the back of a bed of a truck that has a camper shell on it. Okay. Yeah. It's the early 90s. Yeah, right. I mean, nobody like, can tell me what to do if I have to wear seatbelts or not. I remember in, well, I mean, you know, as a kid, you just rode anywhere, you know. As a kid growing up in our generation, you just rode anywhere. Yes. But I even remember in the late 90s when a friend of mine was moving, (laughs) I I sat in the Lazy Boy in the back of his pickup truck while we were moving it, you know, and... Sounds legit. Yeah. Yeah. And and nobody said nothing. I mean, it it was down in Evansville, Indiana, which, you know is Evansville, Indiana. Yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, just cruising down the highway. <laughs> in a lazy boy. In a lazy boy in the back of a pickup truck. Nice. Yeah. So we're in the back of this bed of this pickup truck, and it's not quite as comfortable as that lazy boy that you're describing. <laughs> right. <laughs> At least it's got a camper shell on it, though. It's nine. <laughs> thousand degrees with the I'm, camper shell I'm on it pelted in the face with bugs <laughs> it's nine thousand degrees but with nine thousand degrees is much worse pretty sure it was like 103 degrees like no exaggeration and though i again do not ever want the truth to get in the way of a good story pretty sure it was it was definitely over 100 degrees like that's right. that is there's no question about that so on our way home, I they stopped to have dinner. I mean, they're trying to still preserve their evening with their children. Right. I mean, goodness love them. They're trying to have dinner with their children and then go home. And they have me with them. And not a lot of people speak English in the particular area that we went to on our way home because we did make it back to the truck. But I learned real quickly how to ask for the bathroom. Yeah. Super quickly. And if you ever hear my friend tell the other side of this story, which 
they may or may not be inclined to do. I mean, there's been some years of time and gap and we are still friends. That's good. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that her parents think very highly of me. And, you know, I didn't leave the best impression. So I get it. But I've had my last call of tequila. I'm going to go with that. All right. All right. And no lime in a beer for crying out loud. You know why they you know why they started putting lime in the beer though? No flies. Yeah, yeah. exactly. No you, flies. You put the lime in the beer cuz the lime keeps the flies away. And then the gringos were like, "Oh, all the Mexican beers need limes in them." No, it's just about keeping the flies away. Yeah. Although I will say that some of them do taste good with a lime. That's a thing. I got I, into Pacifico for a while, which is really good with a lime. Pacifico is really good with a lime. A lot of the lighter ones are really good with the lime. I will do the I will do the lime with like the Negro Modelo. I'll do it. I know you don't. I do not. I do not do the lime. I'll do it. Or limon. Yeah. With Negro Modelo. Yeah. Um. So that's my backstory perspective. All um, right. It is also my so, last call on the backstory perspective. Yeah. It's going to go. It'll be smooth sailing from here on out. Yeah. Well, okay then. Triple axles. Radio flyers. Riding with Coco can be a wild ride. Thank you for joining us. I hope you continue to join us on this wild ride. Next time on The Backstory Perspective, we sit down with World War II veteran Vera Knuckles. Hope to see you then.